0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and our guest for this episode is Glynn Terman. Just an amazing, amazing individual who has been in the business as a performer and actor for 50 plus years. Very timely between the time when we recorded and when this episode is released. Sidney Poitier died. He worked with Sidney in his Broadway debut at the age of 12. We get into that story just oh my gosh, an amazing, amazing story. There's a couple times in the interview where he refers to my little one, my son, because what got edited out of this final interview they're listening to is one point when my little guy bursts into the the recording studio here and asks me a question. So my son got to meet Glenn and Glenn got to meet my son. So if you hear the little one, that's what he's referring to. Glenn is one of those people that simply by Exploring the things that he personally wants to explore and supporting the things that he finds important, he's leaving this trail of influence, of inspiration and education behind him for everybody he touches. It's incredible. And then in case you didn't know, he's one of the stars of the brand new ABC show Women of the Movement, which just came out on January 6th. You have to watch this show. Of course, as you probably know, it stars Adrian Warren and a whole slew of other Broadway names. I've rambled on long enough. I know you want to hear from Glenn, so let's just jump right into it. Everybody, please enjoy this episode with Glenn Turman. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com income because businesses that grow grow with Shopify here you go one two three Today's guest is an Emmy Award winner who made his Broadway debut at the age of 12, originating the role of Travis Younger in the 1959 production of A Raisin in the Sun alongside Sidney Poitier and Ruby Dee before diving into an incredibly successful TV and film career spanning over 50 years. He has received critical acclaim for his roles in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, How to Get Away with Murder, of course, both alongside Viola Davis, David E. Kelly and Jack Bender's series Mr. Mercedes, The Way Back, opposite Ben Affleck, Justine, produced by Ava DuVernay, a film in which he also executive produced. He's directed episodes of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, A Different World, and The Wayans Brothers, and now is the newest face for Beyonce's Ivy Park denim line.
0: Yeah. And of course,
1: <laughs> now is starring opposite Tony Award winner Adrian Warren in ABC's Jay-Z and Will Smith produced Women of the Movement as Mose Wright. Holy cow, Glenn determined welcome to the theater <laughs>
0: how
1: you doing baby oh dude i i uh hope i didn't drop any names on your foot there I, that was a lot of names that just got <laughs> yeah, dropped
0: my foot's hurt
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have done so much so unbelievably much and i mean gosh i don't even really know where to begin let's start with a fun one though how many people get to work with beyonce what was what was that like for you how did that even come about like an actor for a, a denim line right because like you got a little cowboy in you
0: I got a lot of cowboy in there. <laughs> I got the buckles to prove it. <laughs> and the and horse feed bill, too. And she knew that, Beyonce did. So at dinner, we were talking about that. And and she was saying that she had just finished a rodeo collection. Her new collection was going to be called Rodeo. But that she was, needed a, a young lady to, who was beautiful and who could ride to model and finish out this particular segment of her, I said, my granddaughter used to be a model. She modeled when she was a youngster, but she's also my kid. So she grew up rodeoing. She barrel racing, and rides very, very well. And uh, is a cowgirl. And so I said, and she's beautiful. So she said, well, do you think she would want to do it?' I said, I- I'm pretty sure she would want <laughs> to Mom, some of Beyonce, you're lying, B. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, then uh, um, we had that going at my ranch. I've got a, we've got a small ranch not too far out of the side of L.A. that we've had in the family for quite some time now. Uh, I don't know if you know Tina, Tina Lawson, which is Beyonce's mom. we mm-hmm. were dear friends. My wife and her husband and all of us. She kind of. Said, oh, Glenn, look, I just happen to have a jumpsuit here. Let's see if that fits you. You know, this is at the ranch. You know, I, I thought I was just supposed to hold the horses, you know, and shovel horse poop, you know, to get <laughs> on the set. But she kind of came up with this idea, sliding me into this jumpsuit and thinking that I might, you know, be able to model this. And so, on. so There, next thing I know, I'm the spokesperson for Beyonce's new line, Ivy, Ivy Park rodeo line. So
1: there I am. Crazy cool. And, and I love that. You know, you're just like, you're having dinner with Beyonce and you just happen to be Tina, you know, Tina Lawson's like bestie. So that's, that's super cool. We'll, we'll skip all that, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very cool. But um, I want to dive into what made you originally, like at the age of 12, right? You're originating this role on Broadway in 1959. Like what got you into theater? Cause you're in New York at this time. And then, then moving, you move out to L.A. Uh, a, a little while later for TV and film. But what was the original uh, impetus for like getting into performing in the first
0: place? My mother. My mother was a single parent. I grew up in an area called Greenwich Village in mm-hmm. New York, in the West Village, uh, back in the 50s and the early 60s. And she moved there as a single parent from a place in Harlem, where I was born. And I moved down there at about the age of eight. She was a part of the what you would call probably a bohemian uh, lifestyle of that time, which was really nothing other than people who were sort of intellectually gifted in their concerns about issues in the, in the country, music and folk singing and poetry. And so her friends were James Baldwin and, and um, Lorraine Hansberry, who wrote A Raisin in the Sun. Hmm. It was Lorraine Hansberry who suggested to my mother that I might be right for a role that she had written in this play called *The So, uh, and would I try out for it? And I had no, no inclinations of, of doing that, but mom presented this opportunity to me and I said, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I said, I don't know, you know, okay, I'll give it a try. And um, I got the part, you know, because wow. I, I got the part because I didn't know what an audition was. I didn't know I was competing. You just went in and the did thing. You know, I, the part I thought was mine. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these other guys are doing here, but this is my part. There's, you know, only one part for a little boy. Wow! That's just, so
1: you just you just fell into this career without realizing what you were doing. That's yeah, insanely yeah. cool.
0: Yeah yeah wow
1: uh, okay is it was it you is it your mom are the two of you talking and you're like you really got some talent here let's well like, a
0: let's... teacher a teacher a teacher a woodshop teacher in, in junior high school suggested that i try out for the performing arts high school which is called laguardia now in New yeah. York. back yeah. in those days you remember the movie fame Mm-hmm. that was the year that that, that story was about my graduating class wow fame and um So I ended up at that school. I passed that test and got into that that school. And I did well, because I was a terrible student all through school. But I did well in that school at that time in that class acting. And I I graduated top of the class. And that's when I said, hey, mom, I guess I'll try this stuff, you know, for real. And, of course, as soon as I made that declaration, though, Alan, I never worked again. I didn't work again. Good I dear. didn't work years. As soon as I made that declaration, I didn't work. I couldn't get a job. I couldn't get arrested. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was put through the testifier. Oh, you want to do this, huh? Yeah, okay. Here you go. You thought it was that easy? Well.
1: How long did you did you stay in New York before moving out west then? Ah. Uh-huh.
0: I graduated in, in 1965, and a high school teacher, a minor acting teacher, my, brought me to California in, in 68, 1968, to do a stage play at a place called the Inner City Cultural Center here in Los Angeles. And I came out to do that, I was to to do that play for a few weeks, and then I was about to return But when I got off the plane, man, it was 76 degrees here in in New York. When I got on the plane five hours earlier that day, it was three degrees below zero. So when I got off that plane, I said, I got to figure out a way to stay here in California. Uh I'm I'm not going back to that cold. That's crazy. And here I am, fifty something years later.
1: Wow! You mentioned you got a ranch outside of LA. Where, like, you were born in Harlem, grew up in Greenwich Village—two places that don't really lend yourself to being the uh, the being a a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, when,
0: when like, tell, talk to me about that, and then we'll get into the business stuff. I'm I'm I'm, I'm giving up key points because I got a, for you. I'm going to let you know I got a documentary coming out about my life uh, that I just just finished. So so just finished it, and the, these stories will be. In that documentary, but to answer your question, I just always loved horses, even in in New York. You know, I used to play hooky in school and go up to Central Park and shovel horse crap in the in the stables up there in Central Park if the man would let me ride the, ride a horse. You know, wow. and I just always loved it.
1: That's great. I I love I love that you've taken like this this love this focus for animals for horses and just turned it into this whole lifestyle, which has then you know led led you to being a, a model for denim jeans and get your granddaughter and all this stuff. It's just, Oh, I love, I love how, uh, it's embracing chance, right? It's taking advantage of the opportunities right when they come to you and just running with it and seeing where it goes. And it it sounds like you've done that your whole life. And, You've got this incredibly successful career based on embracing chance, embracing opportunity, and as soon as things are presented to you, you're just run with it and you let it go wherever things are going to go. I love that I love people that do that because there's a fear that you have to overcome to be able to do that because it's all unknown right yeah like. Yeah. So when you look back at your career, you've you're, you're an executive producer alongside Ava DuVernay, and you're an, a successful actor with all these awards under your name under your belt under your belt buckle, and you've got <laughs> starring roles alongside some of the biggest names ever, you know, and you've, you're like besties with Viola Davis and all these people, I like people now working alongside Adrian Warren in this incredible show, Women of the Movement, and. I'm just—I'm so impressed with how you have stayed so focused, but yet so diversified all at the same time. So, how do you approach what you are working on? How do you decide? Because you seems like it seems like at this point you can do anything you want. What are you looking for?
0: Well, uh, you know, I, I still—I got—I still got horses. I got to feed. So, <laughs> 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 one thing's a constant. You know, horses eat and they shit. You know, so <laughs> you got to eat, you got to feed them, and you got to clean up after. Them. So I still got to do that. So I, I'm still working. I still love working. And I, what has been wonderful is at this point in my career, some wonderful opportunities have come, you know, some great storytelling is, is happening at these days. And uh, I'm glad that I've lived long enough to see the, that we've gotten as, as a people, as a black people, to opportunity to tell some of our stories from our point of view. Mm-hmm. That's a little different in, in from the times that I, I kind of started it. Although Raising in the Sun was about spearheading that opportunity, but in between, it's, it's not been a crystal stair to make that happen. You know? So these y- young people, you guys, you know, this being your world, for, I'm 41. I'm not young people. But, yeah, I hear you. Hell, man, these shoes I got on are 41 years old. <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. Fair <laughs> point. So, so to see, so for you guys to, to, to be telling stories and doing things and, and making the change and, 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 and include me in your storytelling, you know, that's, I'm, I'm really... Very, very pleased and, and, and blessed to, to be in that position. At the same time, I, I just think that uh, somebody has to have the truth, the, the experience. You know, have lived the experience, and I guess it's my turn to be able to tell from that experience. You know, they was asking me about women of the movement. Where you do? Do I remember that time period? And I do. And I guess there's not a whole lot of actors around that can say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that. Are still doing the bit doing it, you know, at at a certain level. But yes, I was there, you know, in the fifties, in nineteen fifty-five. You know, I was there when my mother panicked when I disappeared as a prank at eight years old. You hmm. know, just hiding from her, you know, and she she had, the, the whole family panicked, you know. And why did they panic? Because on the newsstands there were pictures of and uh, Emmett Till uh, mutilated in an open casket that has mother insisted on so that uh, the, the nation would wake up to the atrocity, you know, but what did that do for mothers of that time? You know, my mother was one of those mothers. She, she lit into me like, I don't know what, you know, I re- I can recall that story. You know, I can recall that time.
1: Well, there's obviously so much about what's been happening uh, in our in our culture in the last few years that indicates that we have come a long way, but we still have so far to go. To oh,
0: yeah. The more and things change, the more they stay the same.
1: So the other day, when I went to see Trouble in Mind with LaShawn's on Broadway, uh, that is Alice Children's Broadway debut of a play that she wrote decades ago. And yep. she's mm-hmm. now passed away and right. obviously is not going to see this. But if the costumes and the set was not set in the time period in which mm-hmm. it was written,
0: then yeah, yeah, I you know, would
1: have not known that it was not supposed to be in that time period. Because unfortunately right. the problems that we are seeing on stage that we are present that we are being presented with are still happening just as much now as they did back then, just in different ways.
0: Well, you're absolutely right, Al. Huh?
1: We're gonna take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. Women of the Movement. Talk, let's talk about that a little bit because you play Mose Wright, who is a real-life civil rights movement leader and great uncle to Emmett Till. So mm-hmm. you were just saying that you remember you remember these times uh, firsthand, and you're starring opposite Adrian Warren, who is young enough so that she is did not remember these these times firsthand when. Putting together your character and putting together the story and working with her and the other cast, were you able to? I guess what sort of guidance and I I assume there's a bit of inherent leadership that comes out of you dealing with a cast of people who didn't experience this firsthand in real life.
0: Well, to to a certain degree, yeah, because you know, kind of grounded uh, in the fact that I I did come through that time period. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a certain there's a certain amount of grounding there. There's a certain amount of of uh, leadership, I guess you could call it, uh, for lack of a better word, that comes with that. You know, We had a gifted, very, very gifted cast You know, and company. What I was not afraid to, to do was adopt the attitude of the time. There was an attitude that was expected of you of those times, being a black man, a black person. And what was most difficult for the youngsters that were with us, was to adapt the attitudes of that time because hmm. the first thing you'd say, you know, is say, "Why do I have to get out of the way? I don't have to move for this white man." But of the times, yeah, you did. You had to step back off the sidewalk. You see, you had to. You had to lower your eyes. You couldn't look look somebody in the eye. You did have to lower your eyes. You did have to play small at those times. In those times, you know. And so, as actors, you're going to have to do that. <laughs> you know, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but think of how hard it was to live it.
1: So today is January 6th as we're recording this. This is when Women of the Movement comes out, which is also the one-year anniversary of the civil rights uprising, or the, mm-hmm. the uprising at the on the Capitol, sorry. There's a lot of emotion going on in the country right now, in the world mm-hmm. right now, specifically today. Uh, and, and this show is... Is is incredible. It's it needs to make people think, and it needs to make people realize. And as you were telling the story a second ago about having to play small and having to to move out of the way and not look people in the eye, like I, I was starting to tear up because I feel I I don't know what to say right now. If I'm being completely honest, I don't know what to say as a white man right now. I don't know what to say to express how much I dislike the hate that people of color in this country have to experience. It makes me angry. It makes me mad all the time. And I don't know, as a a teaching moment for me and for those listening right now, what should I say? What can I say? What can I do to help? What can I do to, to, yeah, I guess I'll stop right there. What, What can happen right now to have people learn from this?
0: Well, you have a wonderful opportunity, a blessed opportunity. Because it all starts with that little fellow who walked in the room. <laughs> That's your responsibility. Your responsibility is to make sure that he does not adopt the attitudes that you are having such trouble with in terms of, of accepting. He can, you cannot let him accept that hate. Mm-hmm. That's your job. That's what you can do. Yeah. yeah, two of them, right? There's two of them now. Two, there.
1: two boys, two little boys. Right.
0: Yep. They might go to school, and somebody else, and some somebody else is gonna say to them, you know, oh, you know, January, you know, blah 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 blah. Let's go, let's go storm the Bastille, you know. And you knowing better, I've got to instill in them the ability to say no, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in in five five and a half year old language yes yeah yeah you know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, but, but you get my point, right yes, absolutely that's what you that's your job
1: yeah that was that was something that that i i realized years ago was that racism is inherited
0: yeah absolutely,
1: and so anti racism anti racism also is yes, inherited
0: absolutely is inherited,
1: yeah, that's what you do, yeah, so thank thank you i mean i i will I will take this to heart. I mean, <laughs> there's really no easy way to pivot out of this conversation. But I will actually I actually want to break up something that is semi, maybe semi-related, was um, that I read that you auditioned for Han Solo. Yeah. And original, The original.
0: Yeah. You got yeah. it? Yeah, he was going to hire me. Lucas was gonna hire me. But because of the same subject that we're talking about right now, where you didn't want there to be a relation an international uh, inter-racial relationship with Princess Leia, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, So I didn't get the job. Harrison Ford got the job. So Harrison Ford owes me a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> come on, Alan. Let's go get my money from. Him. Let's, go him. let's go get my money, brother. Come on, man. <laughs> have you ever talked to Harrison? Help, help I mean, me kick I, Harrison's butt. No, I. I but I, yeah, I, that's the truth. I mean, it must
1: have stung at the time. Like now, so many decades later, is it? Is it still something that you're like, man? That is that is something. I mean, obviously, it was a life changing experience. Um, but looking back on it, what do you think about? Something like that where if it had gone just a little bit in a different direction, who knows what life would have been?
0: Well, there's no, it's, you know, I've, I've been blessed. I've got my my aunt had a saying you used to go, what's for you is for you. I don't know how to spell that, but that's what she'd say. What's for you is for you. What's for you is for you. That's the good and the bad. And there's nothing anybody can do to take away and keep you from getting what's for you, hmm. you know? so i don't linger on it what anybody else has you know i only accept what i've got what was for me and i do the best i can with what i got what came from me that's all i care about you know i don't try to i don't compare myself i don't begrudge anybody that's for them you know mm-hmm. that's the
1: I, I think one of the the first The first roles that um, I really fell in love with you watching was uh, was in House of Lies.
0: Yeah.
1: And I mean, I'm a I'm a Don Cheadle fan till till the end of days. I love that dude. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, yeah. this, who's this guy? Who's who's this badass dad?" And then I looked you up, and I was like, "Oh, this is this guy's great." Um, so that was the first times I really started following you. And this is, of course, years ago. And then working with Kristen Bell, and and mm-hmm. I mean, you've got other other things that you've done, other roles on Scrubs, in Hawaii Five O, and Twilight Zone, the original, right? Matlock, right? And looking back at this illustrious career as an actor, we're only talking acting right now. We're going to get into the directing and producing and stuff in a second. But as an actor. Do you have any standout moments like this or standout experiences working with, like, the Ben Afflecks and and the Don Cheadles?
0: Well, uh, you know, when I was coming up, James Earl Jones was the man, you know. He was the one we all, all us acting students wanted to be like James Earl Jones, and I had a chance to work with James Earl Jones in a movie called The River Niger with he and Cicely Tyson, where they played my mother and father. And so... You know, I pretty much worked with all the icons that were formative for me, you know, coming up, uh, starting with with Mr. Poitier, you know, and going on with Lou Gossett and Ruby D and James Darrell Jones and Cicely Tyson. So all of those people were formative for me, you know, who I looked up to. Anybody else I've worked with after that, I've just maybe somewhere along the line, I stole something from somebody, a phrase or a, a twist or something, a turn. But my icons are who I just mentioned, you know, so uh, um, one of my favorite actors, of course, was, was uh, Anthony Quinn back mm-hmm. in the day, but I never got a chance to work with Anthony Quinn, you know, so I come up from a whole different school and all, all my my icons, not the icons that you would mention, but all of the, the, the great Actors and actresses I'm working with now are fantastic, but they're two decades away from where I started. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you know, not that I can't learn from them. Don't get me wrong. Right. You know, not that I can't learn from Denzel is, is a great actor. You know, and I learned from every learn from all over. And you've worked twice. With Viola
1: Davis, right? Like twice in two completely different sort of things, right?
0: Yeah, she's uh, she's a powerhouse, you know. Right. She's getting now with the with the, and I'm going to name some names you probably don't know. With with, with well, you'll know Ruby D. She's getting what Ruby D. should have gotten in her day, you know, hmm. accolades uh, or or Frances Foster's or Gloria Edwards people I'm mentioning now you won't know because they weren't afforded that accessibility that's been affordable for the people that you would know, a Viola Davis or Audrey McDonald or, you know, all these powerful, powerful women of you know, uh, women up to date, but it's a different time. You see what I'm saying? It's a Mm -hmm. different time because there were these, all of us stand on these people's shoulders of, of before. And I'm glad that I'm around to mention those other names that came before the ones that popular now. You see what I'm saying? They're, yeah. They're names that people don't don't even know they were there, but boy, were they something. Boy, mean, there.
1: there's been so much history that you've experienced firsthand in real life, and so much history that you've helped make, uh, especially in these storytelling worlds. And of course, working with uh, Ch- Chadwick Bozeman and Ma Rainey, some of the greatest people who have changed like my my son who just popped in right he he's not going to know firsthand the experience that people of color of my generation went through and i don't know firsthand the experience people of color of your generation that you personally have lived through and i love that you have such this amazing perspective on uh, uh to be able to tell these stories and i guess that probably answers the question that i'm about to ask which is Why get into why do directing and producing on top of the acting? But I think if I can answer it a little bit, it's that there are still so many stories that need to be told, and so few people left to tell them exactly like you know how to tell them. So then, okay, so let's go with that then. So directing, executive producing, where where are you focusing your attention, your energy when it comes to the creative, the writing, the directing, the producing? Yeah,
0: more of that. Uh, you know, I've got a project. I, I just finished my, my documentary, which is uh, on, on my life. As executive producer, I've got a couple of projects in development, as they say. Those projects are where I've, I've had an incredible two years three years running of some incredible momentum in my acting career, which has been amazing, you know, and I, I managed to executive produce a couple of, of pieces, but I'm really going to take seeing I, I've got three or four things in the can right now that haven't even come out yet. Starting with one today, women of the movement on ABC. <laughs> uh, and um, I'm going to let uh, all of those kind of, do what they do while I focus behind the camera and get some of these projects out that I I'm, I'm looking to, to to get out as 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 the captain of the ship
1: So you're also currently filming Rustin. Yeah,
0: with just Netf- wrapped with just, Oh, you just, you just wrapped just, that just, with Netflix? Just just wrapped that with Netflix two weeks ago.
1: So that's yeah. a biopic on civil rights icon, By R- Resting. yeah, Rustin, which which puts you back uh, in front of the camera with co-star Marini, co-star Coleman Domingo, uh, and, and Michael Potts. And Michael, oh god, I love
0: Michael Potts. And, Damn, and man. Michael, the greatest, and, he, and George and George C. Wolfe. George He's C. Wolfe, dude, perfect. oh god, the, the, the company you run with. <laughs> and, do,
1: you, do you ever yeah, look great. at that? I'm going to take a step back here. Do you ever look at that and you're like. You know what? I'm just like hanging out with Colin Domingo, and Michael, C. Pot- Michael Potts, and George C. Wolf, and like I'm having lunch with, uh, you know, Beyonce, and it's no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> like,
0: do you look at this and you're like, what is my life? I, I you know, you know, I'm always flattered and, and 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 so proud of these names that you that I'm in the company of the names that you you just mentioned, and it is wonderful. You know, I I, I love the kick that my wife gets out of that, but. My musicians, my, my my heroes are musicians. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not, not football players, not not actors. You know, I've been in this world since I was a kid. You know, I I know Sammy Davis Jr. I, <sighs> I, I started with Sammy Davis. I started with Sidney. you know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. diminishing anything. Don't get me wrong. But this life is the only life I've known. I know. It's not a part, Is not out of my realm of expectation to be in the company of the company that I'm in. Yeah. Because I've been in that company since I was like that. But, man, I met, uh, picked up the phone and talked to George Benson the other day, you know? <laughs> now, that was cool, <laughs> you see? <laughs> Talk with George Benson, hey, George, oh, hey, Glenn. Now, see, that that's that that works for me, you know. That flows my boat, you know? <laughs> you know. To be able to pick up the phone and call George Vincent, you know. So we are. It's all relative, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's all it's all relative.
1: Oh God! Well, I am honored to be in your company. Today and thank you, thank you for your time. I want to wrap with three questions I ask everybody to finish up my episodes. The first one, just really simply, is what motivates you.
0: What motivates me to what? to Wake things. up in the morning
1: to create, to oh. act, to do whatever. Interpret it however you will.
0: Oh, horses got to eat. I, somebody got to feed them. <laughs> <laughs> cleaning up horse shit horse oh, shit horse shit and I'm good to go baby <laughs> so
1: the next question then what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path
0: oh shoot uh, trust yourself
1: fair enough make choices all right, so this is the last the last question, hardest one. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want. What would you see? A, a Broadway show? Any show?
0: Lion King.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Broadway or or movie?
0: Huh? Broadway or movie? No, Broadway. Broadway. All right, fair. Fair, yeah.
1: enough. fair enough. I
0: took all my kids to see my kids and my grandkids to see Lion King on Broadway. Or, or when it came here uh, at the bandage. And I finally realized, you know, you're taking them all to see it because you want to see it again, you know? yep. <laughs> Everybody please watch Women of the Movement
1: on ABC. It's a phenomenal show. And of course, it's telling a story that we've got to know, we've got to hear, we got to listen. And for parents out there, teach, teach the good word to your kids, like teach the anti-racism, teach everything we need to be a better society, to be a better people. Follow along with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Music by Jukebox the Ghost. Glenn, thank you so, so much. I really am. When I said it a second ago that I am honored to spend time with you right now, I really am. I appreciate this interview. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Alan. Take it easy, man. See you next time. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful.